Give him, see it, give him an espresso and a puppy, right? <laughs> 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 to just kind of before we get into introductions, I wanted to start by saying, you know, I was thinking about uh, the three of you. You all have young children. Um, aside from being jacked up on sugar and, and lollipops, uh, tell us about your, your, how are the kids these days? They're good. Um, I've got three kids, two boys and a girl. The boys are wrapping up basketball, starting baseball. And uh, my daughter gets to play cheerleader because she just goes wherever we take her. <laughs> yes. She loves to watch hoops. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's worked out well. And are you coaching? I'm coaching, um, I coached one basketball team. I'm coaching uh, the head coach for one baseball team and a, a team parent for another. Very good. And um, be- just back on defense, keep your hands up. What is, what is, what's Coach John always tell us? All right, I'll try to keep this clean. <laughs> 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 well, it's, you know, there, there's a lot of, on the baseball side, there's a lot of dads who um, are the technical experts, like played, at high levels and they could really d- dive into the weeds and yeah. I'm more, you know, parental communication and working <laughs> together uh, discussions on, and, and um, you know, selfishly, I, I get to create all these fun memories with my kids. That's awesome. That yeah. is such a good deal. Sure. Yeah, my three year um, sports to start up, my, my little ones in baseball, and uh, Aptos is over the t- I'm not even involving myself as a parent. Um, <laughs> my middle one's doing volleyball, and my, my oldest is in, in high school, so we, we got a girls lacrosse team started, um, first ever. And then they said, you need a coach. So I'm like, oh. so um, I'm doing that, which is way bigger. It's like 35 girls, and uh, but it's awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. We had a first game the other day, got slaughtered. It was just Great. a mess. Like 30 penalties. <laughs> kids are knocking each other over. They don't know anything yet. And, uh, and uh, so, yeah, selfishly, I get to, I get to do that. And yeah, my well, son's I, playing a little lacrosse. I'm, I'm coaching the, the boys team on the weekends in the, right on. the high school during the week. Yeah. So, so. Your, your lacrosse game was strong? Well, no, we got hammered. No, yours. Me, no, I'm like a dad, just like glorified ball boy trying to, <laughs> I get on YouTube, I meet all these coaches. Like we went to Arizona State, my daughter had a tournament like three weeks ago. And so there was this girl, I looked her up, she, she plays professionally and she was like, <laughs> like, like D1, you know, she won the best uh, offensive like player, they have an award for the best player in the country. And I was like, grabbed her. I'm like, hey, could you help me? <laughs> Got her email. And I've been she going said, back and forth no, with her. No, yeah. no help for you. Yeah. No, no, she, she was totally cool. So I'm like, I got her going. I got another guy I found at Scotts Valley that played 10 years in the big leagues and he's like helping me. So it's, deal. you just kind of have to, you know. That's I'm, so cool. Yeah. High school, I can't believe it. I know. It's, it's a little different deal. And yours common, are common denominator, mine are younger, so three and yeah. six years old, girl, girl and boy. T-ball starts opening ceremonies this weekend. Oh, that's the best. So I, I just not decided. I, I kind of had to manage this year. There's not as much par- parent participation actually at that level. Um, so anyway, so I'm managing the team, and I think like John said, you know, three and six year olds with baseball. Um, my focus is having them focus, right? And not, uh, <laughs> pulling weeds or doing whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. And actually, it's funny I, when I say three for baby Matt. He's he is three. But according to the little league, he's four because that was the my, the minimum age. So there's a lie out there. If uh, <laughs> if, if, well, if, we've if, got we, if we have okay. the best 
four to six year old team in the country there'll be an asterisk <laughs> it's okay it's okay to light up as opposed yeah. to light down right? yeah. yeah yeah but it was one of those things where uh colby played last year and matt was like crying because he couldn't get out there yeah. so like i'm not dealing with that this year i'll be the manager and i'll cheat with his age and i'm yeah. sorry we're we're tearing up the time but i gotta tell you guys and hopefully you had the same experience i helped with my t-ball and we had practiced grounders and throwing and getting in position and being ready and the first ball that was hit nine kids right on top yeah. of the ball in the scrum it was hilarious still makes my side hurt i thought it was hilarious it's the best part of it like, it was right? awesome just watching it was those so kids. Just like, half the time the kid that hits it runs after it too yeah that's what oh, adds yeah. to yeah. it yeah our back up to first and comes back <laughs> whatever yeah that's just great yeah. well, let's do a little intro mike why don't you start just tell us who you are and yeah mike mcgrath um been at the company it'll be 18 years um august 1st so been been here a while worked in various positions and currently manage our ready mix business Stuart mager i'm the rogue turtles business manager and uh all together i'm gonna hit 20 years this year with a little break in between yeah john torres i'm the area manager in our construction division for our privately negotiated work in the bay area and uh, I started in 1999 as a summer intern. So coming up on 24 years. Mike, were you considered an intern when you started? No. Oh, you no, just came no, no intern for me. Just right. full-fledged, jumped yeah. in. Yeah. Um, so where do you guys see a business going and being strong this year? So I think for the road materials business, it's, it's um, similar to this past year. There's a, a lot outbidding. A lot of the public agencies have said, money will be the same or slightly higher but nobody has said that things are falling off a cliff i think the private work for us is it's still going it's it's hard to tell it's early in the year and a lot of rain um, customers have said bid activity has slowed just because maybe the economy is you know um, some of the private work people are a little concerned about pricing and and what's going to happen so but uh everybody says that they'll do at least what they did last year so we're comfortable with that and what kind of work uh, do you think will be in demand, maybe, John? I'll, I'll jump in. Uh, the work that we're seeing our customers ask us to price is mostly around life science. And that's geographically, that's South San Francisco, that's in San Carlos, in some former industrial areas, and that's even down in, in Menlo Park. That's the highest demand that we've seen for the last... 18 or so months and that it continues to appear to be the trend good good. i think for concrete you know stewart's business relies a lot more on the the public side concrete business in the san francisco monterey bay areas from the public perspective is a little less volume it's it's more heavily weighted on on private work so there are some public projects out there um you know think water district projects things of that nature some underground projects for cities and counties but um I think on the private side, there's a lot of questions. I think what's what's in our backlog and, and will go first half and throughout this year is is pretty darn solid. And after that, just a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, sort of springboarding off of Leadership Conference 23, there were a couple of questions about geography. Why don't you guys, from your perspectives, talk about um, where you see construction activity? Um, you mentioned... San Carlos and, and those kind of areas. 
just in general anybody see anything in certain areas i see i could speak to our backlog within our team on the private side in the bay area we're kicking off a couple of projects up in San Francisco, one of which is a residential project that's that's been around for a number of years. We're finally getting going there. Um, looking down at the peninsula, we have about a half dozen projects in close proximity in South San Francisco. Uh, San Carlos has been a hotbed for the last several years and looks like it'll continue to be that way for potentially the next decade. And uh, looking down into the South Bay, there's a number of exciting projects that we're, we're hoping to get awarded here for different, different sectors. Um, education, since we've seen our, our customers participate in some of the lease, lease back contract deliveries for schools, we've, we've been able to participate in those and those have traditionally been good projects for us. So within the Bay Area, San Francisco to San Jose, that's been our staple for the last several years anything happening in east bay again for the granite rock audience it's tough from the ready mix perspective because generally yeah, speaking we're not reach. we're not hauling much um over that way due to proximity to our plants um so not a bunch for me to add for the east bay piece yeah. how about some some keystone projects for you guys that you're working on um maybe maybe you just finished is that is that done? Um, sort of, yeah. We're out of the ground um, with the um, office space in San Carlos. That was a great project for us in February. We had three large Saturday pours. So when I say large, that's 1,500 to 1,800 yards of concrete. Right, um, right. Knocked out on a Saturday. Very good work for us, especially you know as we sit here right now, right? I can see the rain out the window. So when you have some large days like that, it really yeah. helps you because we've been shut down on some other days. Um, so that's one project we're right in the, the beginning stages of right now, and we'll, we're, we're out of the ground. There's a hotel in Santa Cruz, probably many p people from this area are familiar with, down uh, between the boardwalk and the wharf there that will start, has broken ground and, and will get hot and heavy here coming up in the next month or so. So that's a, an exciting project. And is that kind of a green building project? Yes, there are, there are some green mix designs there which was a good opportunity for us, um, you know, with obviously with our local aggregate and some of our expertise out of our lab, we were able to make it even more green. So, so an exciting opportunity for us. And there's another uh, large project that we have in our backlog um, near the Niner Stadium, Levi Stadium there, that um, it's a very sizable project that has not started yet, but is scheduled to, to start this year. Good, good. For us, I think the next big one coming up is, um, set, we've got a couple jobs at SFO this year. Right, that uh, one new one and one from you know it's carried over for a few years. <laughs> That's gonna, but those are significant volumes to help us. And then uh, we've got a lot of Caltrans work in the south still, Highway 17, um, Highway 25, and 156. And there's some other. Hopefully, there's a lot of big work bidding, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. we hope we we land some of that. Then we'll continue yeah. to see if some yeah. of those marquee projects. Right on. Anything else for you, John? Nope. All right. Uh, so. I think when we recorded you on the video, you, you said um, bonkers, right? Um, fuel prices have seemed to settle down. Um, that's the best quote, yeah. by the way, yeah. in, in the whole video. Nice. Um, <laughs> what are some of the other outstanding issues that you guys see coming, uh, coming along? Um, inflation, supply chain issues, um, interest rates impacting business. 
to stick with the bonkers theme, I'd say, right, as we were recording this in the end of February, I think it's bonkers the weather the last week or so, right, with yeah, the snow. Yeah. And I think... Um, Ski the Central Coast, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think we became, we became accustomed to not much rain, right? So from a work schedule, work build-out standpoint, you're, you, it became rare to have rain days where the plants were closed and things like that. So that's been a little bit of a, a change for us. And I think that'll help really accelerate some of the other days where maybe if things had fallen off, you would have been slower later in the year. So I think that, that could be a, a blessing in disguise on that. Fuel prices, as you mentioned, have, have settled down. They're still significantly higher than they were oh, a couple yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah. um, but fortunately, the volatility isn't, isn't what it was uh, a year ago. Um, cement pricing, which was a key driver for our, our concrete prices going up, seems to have settled down, but that can become volatile quickly. With the um, We're really relying on import uh, cements now, so... There's a lot more pieces of that puzzle that can impact it as opposed to a cement source you're getting from Cupertino, for example. So yeah. let's come back to cement in a minute. Mm -hmm. Stuart, how about you see some stuff? Well, I think the, you know, asphalt uh, crude oil prices were high. They've, uh, price of crude has dropped, um, been declining for some time, but that's always is still a risk, right? That, that, that work that's been in your backlog, when the price goes up, you need to make sure that, um, You've got a way to to maintain your margins on that. Um, I think the other thing for us is natural gas and electricity. If everybody's watched their power bills, um, anything you're buying on the spot market is, is extremely high. So we're always looking out ahead and, and determining what what that will be. And then try, the, the the most important thing is to get your volumes right each month, so that you're not going out and buying a whole bunch of gas at at a price you didn't like. So. A major critical issue in the private sector is interest rates. Um, and that's really affecting those developers that have to borrow money. The cost of borrowing money is higher than it's been in years, and specifically for residential projects. And um, rental rates are going down. And when you look at rising income, uh, rising costs of uh, construction services and materials and interest rates combined with rental rates going down, we're seeing a number of developers come to the conclusion that a specific project just doesn't pencil out for them at this time under these macroeconomic headwinds that we're facing. So that'll continue to be a challenge for, for work in the, the private sector. Good stuff. Um, uh, let's go back to cement for a minute and talk about limestone cement, its impact in the market. I know this is a little specific. You guys take a break. Um, <laughs> but um, just talk about it in the market, how you see it. Yeah, so I'm by no means a technical expert on it, but from, from 10,000 feet, essentially there's a process where they're supplementing cement production with essentially just limestone itself in there. So they're able to essentially make more cement with less CO2 emissions. Um, so we, everyone's familiar with the carbon movement and, and especially reducing carbon footprint for everything in our lives. Um, and cement is labeled as a quote unquote gross polluter um, in, the, in, in its production. So long-term or even in the near term, it's likely we will see Portland limestone cement as the 
normal quote unquote cement or cement that's used on 95% of, of what we do. Um, it's really just a matter of, of producers and once they flip the switch, um, switching their plants to, to producing limestone cement full time. There are some producers in the state that are, that are doing it. Even, I believe, one plant out of Southern California that's doing it full time. But that will happen here in the next you know, year, one to five years, that, okay. that transition right. will happen. And that'll impact things like CMUs and, and uh, all kinds of concrete-related products, right? Correct, yeah. So when I put my selfish hat on, I only think about the ready-mix business, but mm-hmm. cement's used in a, a lot of products um, in our market and that, that we supply as well. So, yeah, your block products, precast products, all yeah. those type of things. Yeah. Um, to switch gears a little bit, but kind of on the green tip, Stuart, do you want to talk about recycled aggregate and what it's like in the market? Um, are we able to uh, balance supply and demand for recycled aggregate? And uh, how much are you able to use? And right now, the, I tell you, the answer to that is no. There's, uh, there's, there's more recycled aggregate in the market than I've seen in my time here. Um, one of the things that happened was it's just a massive amount of inbound and the the projects that could take the recycle base kind of stopped and so competitors have shut their doors and you know we we still took some but everyone's having a much harder time of getting rid of the rubble it's not stopping and now we're all looking for projects that could take some of the finished product because you, it's just amount of bring it in and get rid of it and yeah. um, that's that's been a challenge and I think some of the private the, the areas in the Bay Area where that used to take it is what John's talking about, these development Big projects, campuses, right? And yeah. high tech won't take it any longer. And and then so you're looking at some of these um, sort of other projects, private um, works projects that are uh, that are not going yet. So it makes it a little bit tougher. So we're just trying to move it further out of our market and to just and see if we can be competitive. Interesting. You see do you see some demand for more sustainable products in, in asphalt and road materials? Well, I think the specs are, are sort of late to the party regarding um, versus some of the other parts of the country. So when you look at sustainability, wrap, right? Um, the, the amount that you could put in products in the agencies has been creeping up. And I think Granite Rock's done a great job every year in increasing the reusable product in a hot mix. But then it gets to a point where um, the agencies have to, we have to help them move their specs in the right direction. So that's one thing we're continuing to look at. How do we drive that and be more cost competitive? Good, good, good. Yeah. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit and let's talk about people. Um, and John, I think I'll go to you next. Uh, you want to talk about the makeup of the crew? What are the folks like? Um, are you able to get new people? And um, you've spoken very highly of some of the, your, your team members. Um, but let's talk about people. Sure. Yeah. So starting with our, our, our specialized craft workers, Todd Wilson and John Garcia. Todd Wilson's our operations manager. And I work closely with our area superintendent, John Garcia. And they've done a great job of hiring and developing people new to the company or people who've been with the company for a long period of time because it takes a special personality type, a problem-solving personality type mixed with customer service to be able to succeed in these privately negotiated projects where 
our customer really gets to decide if we're going to build the next project for them. So we've got a handful of customers that have given us the ultimate compliment of specifically requesting an excavator operator show up to his nice. project to dig his basement for him. Right? When you when you start having a customer saying, I want Danny and Billy on my job to dig my basement for me because I know they'll get it done safely and, and on time and even beat the schedule, we know we've hit a home run. Nice. That's great. And and that's all about the relationship that is is sort of inherent in the nature of your business is relationship building and, and that sort of thing. How about your your people scope? Yes, I think internally on our you know management side of our our concrete team we've had a few years now of with the same team and i think things have gelled really well obviously you continue to learn from each other and work off of each other but i feel like we're in a strong strong place with respect to that now um and then as far as our operations team so really our our plant personnel and our drivers we're in a good spot we have fewer drivers than we had you know four or five years ago but that's okay based on really kind of where the market is and and you know the demands we have the thing we really lean back on that's that's paid dividends now with with a little bit of downsize in terms of the volumes we're doing every year is some of the efficiencies we've built in as our everyday processes so that's helped us um, continue to be a competitive when when we're really doing less concrete over the whole year so and that's a testament to the the drivers the plant guys the management team everybody being on the same page and and pushing for that Anybody have retirees coming since we just saw, wasn't that a fabulous retiree video for 22? Uh, Mr. Ellenwood, of course, thank you very much. Any retirees that you guys know of? We'll put them on the list and get them in the class of 23. Uh, I know Roger up at 241. He's and Chris, uh, Chris Beatty down at Aromas. And then you got Roger and uh, they're both leaving this spring. Chris is out for sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. How about the rest of your folks? Uh, solid team now. You know, we've had uh, some pretty good turnover just because of the cost of living and hiring young people. And I think retention is always challenging, but we've got a, a great team that I'm really proud of. And uh, even in the, the plants, the craft folks, that's hard, very difficult skill. And it's kind of a unique job. So you just can't put a, a one at ad out there and find somebody that can run a plant. But the right. teams have done a phenomenal job of finding people that are a good fit. So um, we're well positioned for the future That's with good. some some younger folks filling in the gaps and and the more senior great leaders. All right, um, as we're uh, wrapping up here, let's talk about um, innovation technology. How are you guys using technology different today? Um, I know it's a rapidly changing environment, but um, how about technological innovations? For us, it's the business intelligence has been a big part of what we've done just to manage the business and to be able to dive deeper into the um, all aspects of it. So there's a greater understanding of what you're doing and how to measure it and, and stay on top of it. It's been helpful. And I think from the second part of it, we've just constantly been uh, making the plants, the hot plants, more efficient. And so they're you know, we uh, be able to run more efficiently, which is a lower cost to produce. And then always looking at ways to maximize the products that we use to just um, make them capable of continuing to keep up with the competitors in terms of, um, you know, production efficiencies, uh, what kind of products we can make, and just 
uh, setting ourselves up for the long term. Good. Yeah. Good. I'll jump on Stuart's back and, and springboard off of what he talked about with business intelligence. It's helped us out in field operations with monitoring safety performance. So we've got a number of, of dashboards available that are uh, custom tailored to safety results. Things such as compliance of documenting safety tailgate meetings, documenting safety inspections that are done, and we can look for trends across project teams, project managers, project field supervisors. We can look at recordable rates. Um, so it's really helped our, our safety performance in, in uh, 22 and 23 moving forward. Also, business intelligence with the tracking of craft hours per year, per area, per type of work has allowed us, combined with our 12-month rolling forecast, to really see the projects that we have in our backlog and how many craft hours we have in those projects and when there's going to be a, a dip in the craft hours so we can maybe strategically think about picking up work that's craft heavy during those slower times. So it's been awesome to have all of that information at our fingertips that could be shared pretty broadly throughout the organization. I think I know you've got all kinds of innovations going on. Yeah. And I think probably not much to add, especially based on, you know, what, what Stuart and John touched on there. The thing I would say is I get a call or an email probably once a week and it's the next greenest product, the next Mm -hmm. product that's going to save you, you know, 50% 50% of your costs or, you know, AI technology is, is one that's out there and a lot of companies pushing it. So it'll be interesting to see over, you know, the next five years, kind of which products services were rise to the top, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm sure there's merit in each one of them, but you know, there'll, there'll be some, some that fall by the wayside that just have good marketing or a, a very connected person involved in the company. So that's the thing I, I think right now it's it's understanding what what technologies are worth looking at, products, services looking at, spending some more time on. And that's that's not always easy to do because again, nobody calls you and says, Well, I'm this is the fourth best product in the market. Right? <laughs> Everyone that calls you, it's the the next greatest yeah. thing to the concrete or construction world. So being able to ferret through that and understand uh, what to spend some time well, on. Well well known fact, it's all marketing, really. Yeah. Yeah. So um, any other comments, gents? <laughs> All right. Since this is a really good coaches meeting, I think we can end it by saying uh, hands in the middle and then ready, break. Yeah. Ready, break. 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 <laughs>